Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hello and welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Shapiro. In today's episode, we begin part one of a three-part series on the core reasons our species is confused. If that sounds like an oversimplification, then buckle up because you're going to hear Stace Barron reframe literally every problem in the history of humanity. We'll talk about the limits of mind, the difference between a hierarchy and a holoarchy, the nature of emotion as it relates to soul, and a lot more. Again, it's best to listen to these episodes in order, as we're beginning with some very high-level metaphysics on purpose and building on what we've covered before. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Oh, and one more thing. This was actually the first episode we recorded, but I later decided there needed to be one before it, so you'll hear us talk about the novelty of this being the first episode, even though it's not. In the name of authenticity and reduced editing time, we decided to leave it as is. Enjoy. Well, welcome, and um, welcome to what we don't yet know. But Stace and I have been talking about doing this podcast for some time, and now the moment has arisen. And we're going to be talking about a number of different things today, but um, uh, I just want to say a word or two about how this came up. Uh, Stace and I have fascinating conversations, and every time we have those conversations, I'm always thinking we have to let the world into these conversations because they're just too valuable to keep between ourselves. And um, we'll talk more about who I am and who Stace is uh, later on. Uh, but we want to first get into um, what might be relevant for you, the listener. And uh, as such, we'll start kind of in the middle, which is often what we do. And uh, sort of just like just like dreams, uh, dreams. All of a sudden, we're right there. We never. There's no intros to dreams. We're just in it. Interesting, huh? There's something really essential about life. When life experience feels like you don't know how you got there, and suddenly something was happening, it's richer and realer. Somehow, but at, the, but at the same time, we associate that with dreams for some reason. I guess because of the immediacy of the experience, there's not a watcher that is back watching it. Oh, nice, nicely put. Yeah, yeah. It, there's some. I have um, some sort of uh, sigh of if only uh, we could live that way every day, um, because while we're stuck in a certain pre-frame for any unfolding moment, we're technically um, limiting life to bring us something and we're limiting ourselves from unfolding something. Mm-hmm. So it's really, uh, yeah, look at, so, look at how, look at how fast that uh, conversation got going. Exactly. And that's an example we could spend an entire hour just talking about that. And I, yeah. I think we're going to uh, having to be stopping ourselves many times and staying some, sometimes focused and sometimes just following those kinds of rabbit holes as they arise. But we do have an agenda for today, and they are the what you call the the three things why the species is confused. And um, shall I start by with prompting you with the first one? Have at it. You called it why the Earth is confused, and I I, I edited it as the species because of course the Earth probably knows exactly exactly what it's doing. <laughs> well, it it is confused in reaction uh, to the mm. confusion of the dominant species, although it doesn't really see 
uh, humans as a dom- as the dominant species, there are certain subcategories of the uh, of Earth consciousness that pays more attention to us than other species. But we're just the dominating species. <laughs> dominating, there you go, <laughs> and not in a good way at no, the moment. No. Well, the first one was uh, we are conditioned to experience things in hierarchies rather than holoarchies, and the paradigm that you founded, uh, which you're currently calling identity is uh, holoarchical. Can you speak to what the difference is? Sure. Um, Technically, uh, one of the reasons why the divine has been so imperceptible and uh, unexperienceable, um, such that we have to form belief systems around it uh, rather than have direct experience of it, is that we're stuck in the mind. I'm not, of course, I'm of course not the first one to use an allegory like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mind creates a way of experiencing the world that uh, is obstructive to the divine, divine perception, uh, us, us experiencing the divine, which is why we must have beliefs about God. And, and here's a case where, or divinity, where faith has taken center stage completely for an artificial reason, Joseph. Um, We have been, since Descartes, uh, conditioned. There's really three different existential statements about uh, the essence of human consciousness uh, uh, that are current in the world right now. Virtually all points of view, all ways of perceiving self and other and the world um, are based in an I think, therefore I am. I have a body, therefore I am, or I have will, therefore I am. Mm, uh-huh. Each one of those um, uh, presupposes a um, completion or a complete a completeness uh, to its view of things, such that it's so easy and so uh, uh, um, conditioned for us to get trapped in any one of those. And for most of the people uh, in the world, all three. Are, are, are active in any one five-minute segment where, of life. Where does religion fall in there? Like a, one of the big five religions. I have faith, therefore I am, or it's a mix of those? Um, well, it depends on how far down that rabbit hole you would like mm. to go, Joseph. Uh, you could say that um, the, the, the outermost shell of that, um, uh, the answer to that question would be exactly that I believe, uh, therefore um, God is and I am. Right. Uh, right. Um, uh, if you go one step further into religion's version, it's, uh, I am sinful, therefore I am. Uh, every religion um, has some form of sin to it, um, every single one. Some are more forward, uh, like the Catholic Church, um, and uh, uh, that, of course, in the old days, split it between mortal sins and venial sins, and then you got the sins of lust and, and uh, gluttony and all these kinds of things. So um, I believe, therefore I am, or I am originally sinned, therefore I am. Which uh, are both thoughts. So there are both both orientations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are the I think, therefore I am category is based in the mind because mind um, dualizes um, as a way to experience experience. So I think, therefore, I am. The I in that state in that statement is literally um, 
I would say physiologically and uh, um, uh, metaphysically in the mind. There is an eye of the mind, but the eye of the mind cannot perceive God, cannot perceive anything beyond dualistic parameters. We have to find a different eye, a deeper eye that the mind eye is just an avatar of, um, sort of like on a uh, an icon on your computer screen, whereas the deeper eye that can perceive spirit is on the hard drive of the soul. So it's always an interesting question here. But the idea here is about hierarchies and holoarchies. Any one of those um, statements, existential identity statements, I think, therefore I am, I have will, therefore I am, or I have a brain or body, mind, uh, uh, body mind, therefore I am. Um, all of those uh, are, are, are based in the dualistic world, and they're all based in a focus that we use using our mind eye. The deeper eye is the only eye that can produce an experience of the divine directly, directly. So this is also why, Joseph, uh, science will never prove God, <laughs> because empiricism completely uh, uses the bandwidth of consciousness of dualistic apprehension. And so it cannot get beyond dualistic apprehension, but it wants to use dualistic apprehensive modalities to prove God, which is, um, I was, uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I chuckle at that. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I cry. And mm -hmm. Sunday, I do both um, about that. So hierarchies are the only thing that um, the mental body or the mind-based eye can perceive. And so it thinks that's sacrosanct, it, it, uh, the, the, that we think that hierarchies are a given part of nature. You've got dominant um, alpha um, um, uh, um, predators. Uh, in, in predators, yeah, and, and, and beta, alpha and beta. So we look at the animalistic world and we say, oh, well, we, we're part animal in the very least. Um, uh, hierarchies are the way uh, seniority is arranged in this world. And that's right. That's right. It has to be because of the dualistic edges and densities we have here. But <laughs> if you want a taste of the divine within which all of our um, dualistic experiences occur, and we see hierarchies, um, um, you, have to, you have to switch eyes. You, you can't not just these eyes, the eye, you have to drop down into the, soul, the heart of soul, uh, that eye, uh, which is accessible, but not given any of the spiritual teachings that we've had for the last 5,000 years very easily. Mm. I'm reminded of the Meister Eckhart quote, uh, the belief in God prevents your experience of it. Exactly right. Which um, got him excommunicated, among other things that he did, and was almost killed for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he had to acquiesce a bit, like Galileo and Copernicus too, in his own domain, but Oh, I love him so much. Um, he, he had it enough to say it, uh, but couldn't articulate the deeper background metaphysics that explained his own picture, but he sensed it fully in the heart that way. Mm -hmm. At any rate, um, back to complete this first part here. Um, uh, so we project then, when we think about God or divinity, um, the divine um, God field, I, I call it Joseph, um, within which we um, start every moment, uh, experience every moment, and end every moment uh, in, within the God field. 
if you want to perceive the God field, uh, it does not arrange hierarchically. There isn't a God, uh, and then there's spirit between us and God, and then there's um, uh, dualistic densities, earth, earthiness, energy, and matter between us. Um, and we're down here, and it's up there or out there. Um, that's not the way it works. And I'm actually surprised that some of the more advanced um, uh, Advaita Vedanta uh, uh, teachings don't put connect the dots on that one. But uh, I've, there's not one modern or traditional spiritual point of view that gets that the divine is not a hierarchy and our relationship is not with it is not hierarchical uh, hierarchical uh, it's holoarchical and of course uh, i like wordsmith that uh, that uh, part of me is i like to put a parenthesis w in front of that holoarchical mm. um, and when i'm talking about the big thing uh, the not thing the non thing whatever in a holoarchy um, unlike a hierarchy that which is inside something, that something is also inside the thing that you're experiencing you're inside of. In other words, let's, let's, let's talk about a, a six-story building or a seven-story building. If you're on the sixth floor, you can't be in the sixth floor and the third floor at the same time. Hopefully um, not. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> not unless you can uh, translocate and, <laughs> yes. uh, and um, uh, you know, um, uh, use your spirit to do that mm -hmm. but your physical body can't be uh, uh both in the sixth uh floor and the third floor obviously it's the same here we are inside of divinity in one domain of its being and it's inside of us at the same time that which we're inside of is inside us also we're fractal holons uh, you and I and everyone else on the planet, we're fractal holons of God consciousness, but um, we're not we're absolutely conditioned to not experience that truth directly. So in a holoarchy, everything is interpenetrating. Everything shares a whole range of being, um, uh, whereas in a hierarchy, uh, the uh, a private uh, uh, a first class on a battlefield certainly is not having the same experience as the general looking through his binoculars safely um, a mile away or half the way around the world from on a drone. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in our case, a holoarchical consciousness means that divinity is experiencing us experiencing experience. At the same time, we can have an experience of it having experience of its own through us. Now, that probably sounded like gobbledygook, uh, um, but uh, unlike the, the general and the private first class metaphor, um, it is, and unlike what deists uh, maintained, um, uh, divine being is intimately involved with all of our consciousnesses and not just our species. It's, got, it's big enough and mysterious enough where it can participate in all species from an amoeba up to us and get its experience, the amoeba's experience of, of itself, which is the divinity. So, and to get to the holoarchical picture, you've got to actually um, um, have a way to integrate all the teachings of, um, of religion and spirituality, East and West, 
to be able to put all that together. But unfortunately, the East and the West uh, have contrary assumptions about the nature of consciousness and can't agree. Um, identity, though, allows us a, a, a doorway to actually finally merge those two into a bigger picture and fold them into a bigger, bigger picture. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to bring up. I'm, I'm going to be doing my best to advocate for the casual listener. Uh, and I imagine a lot of people hearing that would say like, okay, well, I can't get my head around that. And that would be the point. You can't actually mentally conceive. I guess you minimally can mentally conceive of the of a holarchy, but um, it starts to turn your brain into a pretzel pretty quickly because the mind can't, if it could get its head around it, then it could experience it and it cannot. Exactly right. Right. And that, and isn't that, that, that's, and that's the whole thing. Here we are, like the metaphor you hear often, Joseph, um, uh, trying to experience God is like um, um, a fish trying to experience water. Mm -hmm. uh, it's already, we're already in God, but we've just not been given good guidance, um, good enough guidance to actually experience what these words are pointing at. The hierarchical based mind um, uh, cannot cannot get there. It's like using a microscope to study the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not it's just not suited. So, yes. so um, when you say we're conditioned to experience things in hierarchies rather than holarchies, I, I just want to underline something I think you already said. It's not one or the other. It's both. Experiencing things in hierarchies is useful, but there are certain things you'll never experience unless you can see it holo experience it holarchically. Exactly right. Um, another way that I used to talk about it is that um, holoarchy can can contain hierarchies, but hierarchies can't contain holoarchies. Nice. And um, so if we want to have an experience of our own spark of divinity, which, of course, we've been conditioned to call the soul, um, if, we're, if we're interested in that, we have to go holoarchical. We cannot ever find it hierarchically, mentally. And or even uh, uh, energetically, like a lot of the modern um, uh, uh, teachings uh, that do their best to try to expand uh, religion's um, limits. Uh, so the, everything you just said is exactly right. And I, I'm counting on you to uh, translate this stuff because <laughs> um, I have my own limits uh, in being able to uh, stop what's coming out the hole in my face. Um, <laughs> relative to what, how it might be being received. Mm. Well, here's a question for you then. So uh, a challenge for you even. If someone were to say, okay, I want to experience life holoarchically, what would you tell them in a minute or less about how to do that? <laughs> That's a vicious question, I know. Uh, you have to um, completely change your mode of consciousness. Mm. Uh, and you, you, right now, 99% of the people on the planet operate through one or a combination of, I think, therefore I am, I have a brain body, therefore I am, or I have will, therefore I am. Um, none of those will ever produce holoarchical access, uh, none of them. There's only one that I found that will do it, and that's um, the one identity is based on, and that is not... I think, therefore, I am not, I have will, therefore, I am, or I, I have a body, therefore, I am. But all of us, we feel, therefore, we are. In other words, the only way, in a minute or less, and I'm already over that minute, I'm sure, um, is that you have to learn to abide with your conscious being 
based in a I feel, therefore I am orientation to ever have the slimmest hope to access holoarchical um, experiences of spirit. Well, that, that we have to be trained to do because we're all um, slave uh, since Descartes uh, uh, and modern medicine and physics that uh, I am energy, therefore I am. No, that's too small. Mm-hmm. I think, therefore I am, is the really small. I will, therefore I am, is a little bigger. Um, um, so uh, we're all conditioned into slavery to one of those existential statements until we get out of them. Spirit becomes a concept and a belief that we can only have faith in. Well, I think there's a, a little bit of a rabbit hole distinction useful to be made here because it'll be uh, if when we get to the next uh, pair uh, the next piece of three things, uh, the difference between feeling and emotion. Because oh, lots yes. of people would say, "Well, we feel, therefore we are." Well, I have lots of people have lots of feelings all the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be helping them experience the divine in a direct way or experience their own soul. So what what would you say about that? Sure. Thanks for that uh, question. Um, It's tricky because years ago I tried to look up synonym for feeling for to feel both Mm -hmm. the verb and, uh, uh, and you can quasi nounify it too. I have a feeling, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, in our picture, in identity's picture, um, the difference between a feeling and an emotion, when, I, when, when we say we feel, therefore we are, I went back and forth for years, and Bree, my beloved, uh, we, we put our heads and hearts together and tried to figure it out, but the best we could do is, um, I emote, therefore I am. Uh, and that certainly doesn't roll off the tongue very elegantly. <laughs> no. Uh, so we, uh, so um, the difference is there are things um, un, un, unknown by current psychotherapeutic and philosophical orientations, um, there's a huge difference between feelings and core emotivity, mm-hmm. core emotives. Um, there's an emotion is an actual gestalten, non-mentalized experience based in the felt sense. Okay, that's, that's an emotion. It doesn't have a while you're having an emotion, there's no mind eye. There is only the emotion. It's completely unselfconscious then. Unselfconscious. It's pure. Whether that, mm. that purity is stagnative, destructive, positive, or whatever, the a core emotion, you're too busy being it to have an eye to secondarily experience it, except through the mind eye, second to second or moment to moment. Um, so let me start from the bottom essence up, and we'll go and complete this answer. Mm-hmm. Um, for identity, there's really only three core emotives. Um, there's joy, sorrow, and what links joy and sorrow is compassion. Mm. These are the core emotives that we could say are the way the love of which everything is made translates through a whole on fractal consciousness, which like primary colors, all the other feelings are made of that somehow. You could say that mm-hmm. um, what there's a layer in between all other emotions ah, come yes. out of those core emotives, joy, sorrow, compassion. Um, a feeling is two steps away from a core emotive. A feeling of joy would be, Happiness. 
Uh-huh. feeling of, of the core emotive of sorrow would be pain. And the, uh, fem- the, um, uh, uh, the feeling version of compassion would be empathy. You see? Empa- it's, an ex- empathy. it's an expression then? Expression yes. of the essence? You could say that um, the essential core emotive, joy, sorrow, compassion, the next level is the form. We go from essence to form to expression. Mm-hmm. The form of joy is happiness. The form of compassion is empathy. The form of sorrow is pain. But the feeling is the expression. And the feeling of happiness is um, glee, let's say, or elation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the feeling of empathy is care. I care about you. I can feel, I feel that caring. And the, um, the uh, uh, feeling um, of uh, which, one, which one did I miss there? Oh, I was so impressed you were tracking it. <laughs> Uh, just, happiness. I just lost which one I said. No, you're doing, ha- it yeah. was happiness, uh, gr- grief, not grief, pain was, pain was one of them. Um, let, let's start over. Okay. Uh, um, the essence is in what identity refers to as core emotives, joy, mm-hmm. compassion, sorrow. The next level is the form. The form of the core emotive is for joy, it's happiness, for compassion, it's empathy, and for sorrow, it's pain. And the feeling, which is the most distal downstream expression of the um, core emotives of joy, sorrow, compassion, the form of of empathy, uh, happiness, and pain, and the feeling is just an energetic expression of the form of the essence. When we're talking about holoarchal access, we're talking about an I feel, therefore I am basis in the core emotives and the forms, the secondary forms. Those are the only bandwidths of consciousness that are going to allow us a doorway into holoarchal reality. The feelings won't do it. The feelings are too far distal from the core essence of consciousness domain to do that. But if they're all connected, why don't feelings sort of roll up to, uh, you haven't said this before, but I know from knowing the paradigm that you're, you're, you're asserting that, and the paradigm is asserting that these core emotions are an aspect of soul, right? So why is it that the passing moods and feelings or the downstream expression of feelings, why does that not connect back to the soul? Well, it does, but we're not taught to, um, to look for it any deeper. So it's like we somehow don't connect the dots because, in ourselves. Exactly right. Because we're conditioned to, I think, therefore I am, I have energy, I am energy, therefore I am, or I have a body or a brain, therefore I am, or I am willful, therefore I am. <clears throat> Those orientations don't allow us to track the actual structure that's there. I, so we screen out the core emotions because of our very picture of what feelings are. Exactly. So we, we didn't, we're not conditioned to think that it's important to follow those feelings all the way back to core emotion. So for all purposes, it doesn't exist for us. Exactly. Um, huh. Not only does it not exist, but there isn't even a means to knock on the door, right. in my opinion, um, yeah. out there to be able to track what's already there, that path. A, a good metaphor here, Joseph, is if I'm jogging, um, which I still do at 70, which is really interesting. I was thought that I got this the other day. When you're jogging along a, a little a creek, um, 
on a beautiful day uh, and you're thinking of what that's on a Saturday and you're thinking about what the boss might uh, expect of you on Monday to the degree that you're thinking of about what's happening Monday are moments where you are absolutely out of touch with that Creek that you're running next to. Mm-hmm. You may, your eyes may be peripherally receiving light uh, to it, but your brain is disconnected uh, by your focus. Um, so in the same way, we can't, we have no, we've not been given any really um, deep means, not meditation, not contemplation, certainly not uh, a certain way of thinking to uh, get us there. Uh, we've just not been invited to um, explore that territory below because we not, we've not, not even had a strata that said feelings are this, um, the, the emotions are this, and the core emotives are that. Until we have even a picture of that possibility, uh, we're not going to encounter it uh, experientially. What's an example of this like in, uh, you know, you just gave one example with the, the uh, a running thing. That's sort of an awareness thing. But what's an example of where someone being in touch with a feeling causes them suffering because they cannot connect it to a core emotion? Well, um, what happens, just like worrying about what the boss is going to do on Monday, you're so involved with your pain, you've been taught to cope with it. You've been taught how to deal with it instead of de- become it, which can take away coping mechanisms, which can take away necessities of the moment. We've not been easily conditioned to actually become the emotion sufficiently to find it. It, it can drop even to an even deeper level than the mere feeling. So um, we can't, it's like if you're in deep pain, uh, most people are just trying to find a way to deal with it and get out of it instead of go further deeply into it. And there's really no, we need guides to help us do that. A safe, safe space to when you're in deep pain to stay with it and be invited to go deeper instead of trying to get out of it. It's like tell a person who doesn't know how to swim when they're drowning, you know, they're fighting to stay on top. Oh, if you'll just let go and sink to the bottom, you'll be able to breathe just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no, there's no good uh, earth metaphor for that, but that's exactly um, the way that looks is uh, you, you let go um, of trying to get out of it, sink, let all the air out of your dualistic mind and your panic um, and, and sink and and if you have been done a bunch of other different kinds of dharmic um, endeavors uh, of training your heart and soul and not just your mind, um, you, you'll find those core motives. So uh, this brings up a, a rabbit hole that I think is very much worth going down. I remember, I think the first time I was exposed to the idea of coping, it was probably eighth grade health, which, mm-hmm. boy, we could talk a long time about that curriculum. But uh, the frame we're given is there are healthy coping mechanisms versus unhealthy coping mechanisms. And this is when we learn about drugs and drinking too much and all that. But identity's point of view on coping mechanisms is what? Um, uh, they're all, they, they, there are healthy ones at the level of, depending on what you mean by um, um, uh, being productive or being what's what's the cultural word uh, functional versus functional yeah. functional 
there are functional coping mechanisms and afunctional coping mechanisms. And for identity, all coping mechanisms, both the functional and the afunctional, are um, drug states. Yeah, and for me, that's one of the um, marked differences between identity's treatment of emotions and um, what mainstream psychology is, because as you've taught, I've heard you say, um, psychology collapses functionality and health into one thing. Yes. So if what you're doing, if how you're coping is allowing you to continue to be functional, your depression is not, you know, you've, you know, you have a few glasses of wine every night and that stops you um, from being dysfunctional so that you, you're managing your depression and you're doing, fulfilling all of your societal obligations and being a good little human, then you're healthy. But what exactly. would identity say about that? Oh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, literally, and, and in the modern day especially, Joseph, people have so little options crammed yeah. in as they are with societal and cultural expectations and conditionings. But the only way to lose the Difficult, the, the static that coping mechanisms um, uh, create in your soul is to um, be willing to become afunctional. You, you yeah. literally have to lose your mind in one way of speaking, in the Eastern way, um, to get to the next level. But here you have to, in the West, you have to lose your coping conditionings. And that, how many, how many of us have room in our lives? To do that um, with families, with jobs, with um, with uh, uh, pandemics, uh, whatever the topic, where is it safely? Where is there safe room for you to go non-functional uh, without um, being um, uh, institutionalized or getting um, uh, yeah. slapped with uh, some Thorazine stat? Because the uh, the fear people have is if they let themselves feel the feeling all the way down to the core emotion and become it, which some people probably could do without a lot of help. It just, it could happen. Mm -hmm. What stops us is the, the thought, I know it well, if I let myself feel this, it'll never end. I'll lose my mind. I won't be functional. But the, the paradox, tell me if you agree, the paradox is that's the only way in the end actually to move through it because coping with it doesn't work. Um, it really is there's only one fire escape uh, door <laughs> uh, and that's, you just, just described it, but that's still only half the journey. The other half is there must be someone making that safe with you. Mm -hmm. um, you can get to a certain drop level of exactly the way you described it, but you're going to be so involved in trying to drop to the essential nature of the whole rabbit hole as it were, uh, that you're not going to have much space to then have meta to the meaning of what's being called next. You can get to that level. A lot of people can, if, especially if they've done a lot of um, inner work uh, and they survived, <laughs> so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you, you need a guide. And, and we have been taught that um, we create our own reality. We've been taught that. Um, Which is, I will, therefore I am, right? I will, therefore I am. Exactly. Good one. Good catch. Um, but we actually need each other far more than we're nominally conditioned to, to realize because 
all in the modern day of self-actualization. Um, it's, it's the I, 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 not the we, 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 we. And, and, when, and when you get the we, we, we in most communities, the communities don't support the, kind, the depth of the we that identity speaks to. Um, they do their best. Um, it's a young planet, Joseph. Um, uh, 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 the, um, as we'll get to here, I think, in a, in a moment. Yeah. Um, uh, only those, well, I'll, how about I just launch in there and then we can go yeah, from there. Yeah, well, let's, um, we're, we're, we're going to close here for this segment of it. Um, I thought we were going to be able to get uh, this, these first three things in <laughs> 30 minutes, but little did I know. So um, uh, in, in our next episode, we'll go into uh, where Stace is already uh, steering us, which is into the uh, issue of soul age and how and why we're a young planet and the sequelae uh, of that. So thanks for listening. And uh, until then. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit Identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.